Global, sparking innovative thoughts. Hello, welcome to another episode of Texas Global Podcast with me, Chao Ratjong Jiranon or Pufei, the Texas Global Content Editor. Today, we're going to take a look at Hong Kong, which has gone through a lot um, and uh, it's, it's a, going to be a very sensitive issue, but at the same time, we really want to know what's going on there. And we are very lucky indeed because we got together, or we're getting together now, with James Kwan, uh, the managing director of Jumpstart Media, which is a platform that connects uh, startup communities across Asia, whether it is through their magazine, uh, their accelerator programs, and uh, their community. Hi, James. Hi, hi, Pupe. Thanks for having me in Texas. Thank you for talking to us. I know it's a bit tough. We're talking uh, between countries right now. And uh, here in Thailand, we really want to know what's going on in Hong Kong. So from, from your perspective, can you tell us about the overall situation there? Yeah, so first of all, I'd like to always start by saying, you know, Hong Kong is a great country. It's really dynamic, especially for startups. Um, the situation there in Hong Kong right now, as you can see, I think when you turn on the news, um, I think you get a lot of video footage. Um, there's there's protests going on in Hong Kong right now. Um, and I believe there's there's parts of the community in Hong Kong that wants to enact change. Uh, is it, you know, I, I, I really want to know what's it like for businesses because, you know, coming from Thailand, We've had our share of unrest. Uh, we've had, uh, you know, protests on the streets. We've had riots, and but at the same time, business still goes still goes on. So, is that similar to what's going on in Hong Kong right now? Um, the situation in Hong Kong has been, uh, I guess, a long-term protest, and I believe that certain businesses have been definitely impacted, um, not just. Uh, the big retailers, but also a lot of the small mom and pop retailers, the hotel sectors, tourism, restaurants. So you do see uh, a big drop in the amount of people walking in the streets, going out, enjoying the services that Hong Kong normally provided tourists and also locals alike. So does that mean that uh, it's a complete stop for a lot of the businesses there? Yeah. So let's say we're talking about uh, tourists spots such as in Jim Sajoy. In Jim Sajoy, I think there was a lot of mom and pop stores servicing this community of tourists. Um, without the tourists coming into Hong Kong, I think there was a lot of smaller shops shutting down and you can see that that's very evident. In the hotel sector, I see a lot of deals coming out right now and I think a lot of the hotels, I, if, if I had to make a good rounded guess, are at least 70% empty at this moment, especially in the protest areas. So mm. with that said, that's, that's, a, that's a big effect. And then it trickles down to restaurants, it's gonna trickle down to uh, tour groups. Um, so there, there, there has been a big effect. Um, the psychology of Hong Kong has changed because of the protests, because when you see one sector being hurt, I think other sectors are gonna be more wary about spending their their money on non-essentials at this point. So it's is how how would you say the confidence level is right now for the business people there? Um, I mean, I've been in Hong Kong for eleven years, 
and probably the business confidence. Um, it's I, I wouldn't say that it's it's at a very low, but I think everybody is really proceeding cautiously, and I haven't seen that kind of caution in my last eleven years. So certainly, the psychology of the people um, have changed a bit. People are. Uh, more eager to look overseas for opportunities, I believe, or is if it's not been a conversation in their business, I think it's probably been a conversation now. Mm. So, at the beginning, do you think people actually thought that it would be taking this long, or it would come this far? I mean, personally, I would say I didn't. I didn't think the protests would um, be in such a prolonged state. I think a lot of people don't know when it's going to end. Um, at this point, I would not know when it's going to end. I can't even make a prediction. Um, there's momentum on both sides, and it's going back and forth. So it, it's a really tough call. Yeah, it definitely is really tough. I mean, if you can't even have an idea of how long it's going to take and how much of an impact it's going to have on the economy. I mean, you talked about the impact on you know uh, big businesses, real estate, uh, small and pop, mom and pop stores. What about the startup ecosystem? Um, the startup ecosystem, I think it's a, it's a resilient group. I think mm -hmm. probably a lot of the startups who are at least in the fundraising stage has noticed that there's been changes. I think people, uh, because of the uncertainty, are tighter on how they would uh, invest in certain companies. I would think uh, angels who are, who are coming out, um, learning to be angels, learning to invest into startups, may pause. I, I also think um, uh, businesses, certainly for startups, uh, will be affected because even our largest uh, tech conference, Rise, has been canceled for mm -hmm. 2020. And that's very impactful because that's when um, a lot of startups from around the world, a lot of investors from around the world would come to Hong Kong. And I think that represented some opportunities for local companies to go out and meet a broader audience. Um, with this uh, downturn uh, with this uh, situation happening in, in Hong Kong, um, shows such as Clock and Flap, which is our largest music festival, has been canceled as well. Um, I think uh, marathons and, and, and trade yes. shows have all been affected. So this, is, this, mm. this definitely affects startups, especially if startups already uh, earmarked money to present and represent the company at Boots at some of these shows. I'm, I'm currently in Helsinki and I've heard of uh, groups, country pavilions, scrambling to recover because Rise has canceled their boots because the show won't go on this year. So they're looking for replacements if they wanted the, mm -hmm. uh, a, a, a entry point into Asia. Definitely, it's, it's uh, a new situation. But at the same time, you said, yeah, the startup community is very resilient. That's what it's built on. Um, what are people thinking of doing right now that you've talked to? I mean, how are they dealing with this? Yeah, so the resiliency starts, um, I guess, with the mindset of the founding team. I think the, the mm -hmm. founding team, they're definitely going out and looking uh, for resources outside of Hong Kong, um, possibly setting up a, a second headquarter or replacing a headquarter. I, I, I wouldn't say that that's firm planning, but I would say that Every company, including startups in Hong Kong, need to have uh, contingency planning at this point. Um, I, I think uh, if, if, you're, if, if teams are fundraising, I think they're, they're looking at more of a global perspective and reach for their 
fundraising because I think the reliance on certain investors or um, traditional investors or angels in Hong Kong um, certainly has been impacted by the protest. So um, there, there needs to be a, a, a replacement somewhere. And it's going to be teams in mostly Southeast Asia, the U.S., European investors. I think they're going to get a lot more um, looks. Well, you know, that's, I don't know. I mean, when you say that, you know, there could be a possibility that, you know, companies might move their base. I mean, is that extreme? It's extreme. I didn't say that they would definitely move their base, but I would believe that there has to be contingency planning, um, mm -hmm. especially if the team is heavy in, let's say, Southeast Asia. I think Singapore is always a, a soft landing place. Um, there's always been conversations of, even startup personalities that I know of in, in Hong Kong talk about, you know, what would be the backup plan. Um, there's been rumblings in the street, people people looking to uh, possibly relocate. Wow. Yeah, wow, yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's some extreme to it. But it's yeah, conversation right now, but conversation can always turn to reality later on. Or maybe perhaps maybe they'll plan that for the contingency plan, like, OK, maybe we, we seek another base, but at the same time still have <laughs> some, some of the team in Hong Kong. Or are you saying like everyone move? <laughs> no, 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 no. I, 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 I'm just talking in generalities that, that people uh -huh. real, would need to explore um, a possible second base because uh, uh -huh. no one really knows what's going to happen. And that's my, so that that's means, my perspective. Yeah, so that means that you must really have to be a, a startup that is, uh, has quite a significant amount of funding already to be able to survive. If you are like just starting out, and it would be a very tough environment for you right now. Yeah, I didn't want to paint it as such a gloomy situation. I think startups are going to be resilient. <laughs> I know my thought just went there. And they're going to survive. <laughs> and a lot of these startups who haven't raised money, they're still going to be operating in the same mode. Um, I just think it's just a very sensitive time for startup teams who are in fundraise mode, especially if they relied on the fundraising community in Hong Kong. I'm not saying that it's, it's not um, there right now, but I'm sure that there's a lot more caution investing into certain companies at this moment. Well, now, if you take a look at <clears throat> people in Hong Kong, there has been support that we've seen. Uh, we've recently seen the... Um, you know, this is still going on for Alibaba Group. They raised about 11 billion U.S. dollars just, in minute, just this past week in the Hong Kong stock sale. Um, you, you talked to me earlier about the private sector as well, ste stepping in to help. Um, so what are we seeing right now? Are we seeing some support from the government? And, and what kind of support are we seeing from the private sector as well? I think the government has uh, always been supportive. I don't know if their reaction time to what's happening with the protests would be as fast as what's going on in the private sector. I could give you some examples in the private sector of things that have picked up. I, I think during this, this period of time, um, it's really difficult to pinpoint a specific, uh, I guess, reason or incidences that, that could help the community maybe have a, a new outlook, um, a more positive outlook. I, I know that New World donated 20% of their farmland for mm -hmm. uh, future affordable housing. Um, and that, that's kind of new. I mean, a lot of these uh, property developers are, are, of course, profit-making machines. Um, but 
there's been instances where I guess uh, New World donated 20% of their farmland. I heard Henderson uh, donated a sizable amount of money to help SMEs who's been mm-hmm. impacted through the protest. So companies are coming up, they're stepping up and, and, and helping. Um, but a lot of this help, I think, takes time. So it's, it's just about the trickle-down effect. How will it help the society as a whole at this point? Do you think that um, in this situation, it's more perhaps maybe that we need, we're seeing a more um, action from the private sector as the, the government is occupied right now with the, the protests? I think, no, I, I, I would think that uh, the, the government definitely will come in and support SMEs. Um, I don't believe anything solid has been announced in the, in, in the wide, wider circle. Um, mm-hmm. But I think it just takes a little bit more time. And the situation really needs to be evaluated uh, a bit more. Um, and I think the private and, and governmental sectors are recognizing that the GDP will decline. Um, tourism, um, which is a big part of Hong Kong, has been hit. And it trickles down to many different businesses. So I, I would see that uh, there are certain sectors in Hong Kong that do need help. For example, the mom and pop shops. Um, mm-hmm. How do you weather a storm when Hong Kong already has the, one of the highest retail rental rates uh, in the world? How would a mom and pop store um, survive a prolonged protest, especially if your shop is right in um, a main protest area? Yeah. So the go- th- there hasn't been any clarification from the government on how they're going to help out the local businesses yet? Not that I'm aware of. They might be, mm-hmm. but I, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I don't know of any concrete plans. I think it's really difficult um, for anyone from a private governmental perspective to, to give a lot of input on how to help these, these mom and pop shops right now. The reaction time has mm-hmm. been slow. No, and it's like really uh, poor timing, I mean, in terms of like the economy of the world right now. I mean, we have the trade war between the United States and China um, at the same time. So is that affecting Hong Kong as well? Hmm. I think that affects Hong Kong less. I think Hong Kong's been um, excluded from any of the tariffs that come with uh, the trade war. That that trade war, uh, I guess, is mainly isolated into mainland China versus, let's say, uh, the SAR of Hong Kong. I think there's a separate treaty pact. Mm-hmm. So, so not so much of an impact. Um, you, you talked about how you know the tourism industry has been impacted. Do you see people still traveling to Hong Kong right now, though? <laughs> um, I think there's less people, certainly less. I mean, when we talk about um, certain large hotels that have. Yeah a low occupancy um, at the hotel, that's concerning. And that's a, a first indicator of what's happening with tourism. Um, I don't know how true it is. I mean, there's a lot of rumors out there, but you hear of uh, the peninsula being 90% empty at a certain point. You hear of uh, some other hotels who are giving away uh, rooms at 20 US dollars a night, including breakfast. Um, local deals have been really escalating where you could get into five-star hotels, they'll include Sunday brunch for two and um, early check-in, late check-out, free parking. So there's been a lot of perks 
to try to like increase, uh, I guess, uh, staycations as well as external um, tourists to come in. I've heard from a Thai friend of mine that yeah. the Renaissance was offering um, deals at a very attractive rate in Hong Kong. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the, that's that's the thing, right? <laughs> you have such good deals. Well, <laughs> there's going to be there's going to be a lot more deals. I mean, when when you have a situation like this, there's going to be a lot more deals. But then, uh, what would you say to a Thai person or anybody else who might have to go to Hong Kong? Um, how do you navigate and uh, you know through those protest sites and and uh, the tension there? You know, to be honest, you see the protest on TV. I think the protest on TV really paints um, the most, uh, I guess, in some ways, the, how, would I, how would I phrase it, the most violent sides of the protest, because I think that works for news. Um, mm-hmm. But generally, I would tell Thai people, please come visit Hong Kong. Really, if you come here as a tourist, I think uh, you'll still enjoy a lot of the city. I think there's great deals right now. I think... Uh, uh, Protests do happen, um, but they're isolated in certain areas. And generally, if you come here as a tourist and you eat and you drink and uh, you go shop, I believe that most of the time you'll still be um, away or isolated and not really even be part of the protest. Because you'll you'll actually have warning Mm -hmm. on where you could go shopping and where the protest will occur that day. Um, And the protesters are generally really... um, focused on on their mission um there's no danger uh to any of the tourists that would come to town the protesters i think understand the dynamics of the city i just think they want the international community to understand what's happening um in hong kong but they're not there to cause any violence or stir up any trouble with with people um especially normal tourists or citizens walking around town yeah, that's what I was saying in the beginning of our podcast. Um, I mean, in Thailand, we've had that experience as well that, you know, the news tends to focus on certain areas of the protests or the conflict. And but while at the same time, everybody else is, you know, living their life normally at other parts of the country or city. <laughs> yes, yes, I guess um, you have that perspective because of, of being in Bangkok um, and, and what occurs, I, I guess... In any of these cities where there's going to be a situation or protest, life still goes on in the other 90% of the city. Well, but it's, you know, are we seeing any tech being used by the Hong Kong people to track, you know, and update the situation for them? I mean, they, they, there's always the use of Telegram, I guess, right? That's their uh, communication um, app of choice in Hong Kong um, for the protesters. I, I believe uh, I'm 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 sure that uh, everybody's aware of that at this point. That Telegram is the main main one used. Okay, all right. So that's good to get out there, um, James. I know that you're probably very busy right now. I mean, we're so happy that you got to talk with us and you know give us the real perspective of what's going on. Do you want to say uh, any last remarks about the situation? Yeah, I would always say Hong Kong is a great city. I believe that everybody who has doubts of whether or not they should be visiting Hong Kong, I say just come to Hong Kong. There's really um, isolated protests 
Uh, I think it's it's a very important time in Hong Kong history. And I think it's, it's good from a historical perspective, a shopping perspective, a deal perspective. Um, there's nothing to be really uh, concerned about when visiting Hong Kong. So for everybody in Thailand listening, um, come now. This is this is a great opportunity to see Hong Kong on the cheap. So um, and the businesses, like we said, the startups, they're all resilient. Um, mm-hmm. and, and Hong Kong will get over this. Well, we, we wish the best for you and all the startups there in Hong Kong. And, uh, you know, it's a community. Uh, we're in Asia together as well. So hopefully everything will follow through. And uh, perhaps I'm, I'm already thinking about booking a, a hotel stay now <laughs> with a very delicious afternoon tea <laughs> or brunch. <laughs> okay. All right. Thank you, James. That's another episode of Texas Global Podcast. For more information or to join our community, find us at texas.to. Until next time, bye-bye. Texas, sparking innovative thoughts.